What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Microfamous and happy holidays. I know uh, as I'm recording this, uh, it's about a week out from going back home for Christmas. And I want to talk about monkey see, monkey do marketing um, because we are, you know, I think anytime you come to the end of a year, uh, we're looking around and we're more, more, more open uh, to, let's say, starting something new, you know, and in some ways that's a good thing. You know, I have people towards the end of the year that contact me about starting a podcast because of the production agency that we run. And that's great. Like we always sign up a lot of clients towards the end of the year because they want to run their podcast to start in January. Great. The flip side of that is that there's also a lot of people that are just open in general and are always on the lookout for something and essentially kind of run their marketing uh, in a monkey see, monkey do. If somebody starts a podcast, they go, oh, maybe I should start a podcast. And then if somebody starts an Instagram channel or they start, you know, dabbling on TikTok and sharing, you know, all the great engagement they're getting there, they're like, ooh, let's, let's, let's run over there and let's do that. And essentially, it's kind of like a monkey see, monkey do. And this is not a unique phenomenon to, you know, entrepreneurs or experts who are building their business. We see this kind of stuff all over the place in some very surprising places. Now, I'm a huge football fan. I have the great misfortune of being a Dallas Cowboys fan, um, not for any anything they've done recently, believe me, but because I started following them when I was a kid when they actually had good teams before they decided to uh, sabotage themselves uh, continually over and over and over again. And their latest example of sabotaging themselves was the hiring of coach Mike McCarthy. Now, regardless of whether you follow football or not, you're going to find this interesting because supposedly Coach McCarthy spent the last year, year and a half or however long he's been out of football in between coaching jobs, obsessively studying film, right? Studying the latest things, looking at the analytics, diving into all this stuff, you know, redoing his coaching philosophy. And then they come out this year and lay a giant egg. As of right now, they're three and eight. And when you look at what they're doing offensively, they have essentially bolted on a few things to an existing system that they were already running. And this is what a lot of people do in their marketing. They're, they're doing some things. They see somebody else doing something, you know, it's let, let's say Instagram stories or Instagram reels, whatever the latest thing is on Instagram. And they go, Ooh, and they bolt that on. And then they go, Oh, somebody's starting YouTube. It's like, they're doing really well on YouTube. I should do that too. So they bolt on, you know, a little bit of a YouTube channel. And the problem is that they're not really looking at why those things work for that person and how it fits into the rest of their marketing, or even if it works. I mean, for, first of all, uh, is it even working for them? I see so many people jumping on things like TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that. And really, they're basing their impression on the success on what that person, how that person presents themselves on that platform. Well, guess what? People don't talk about their failures. And you never hear about the failures, right? If you're going to hear from something about, you know, somebody jumping on TikTok, you're only going to hear the success stories anyway. And even then, I've watched people in my world do this where other people hold them up as being an example of how to make something work. And I know behind the scenes, they're struggling to make it work. They're struggling to convert into sales. They've got, you know, hundreds you know, or thousands of followers or tens or hundreds of thousands of followers. They can't get people to buy anything. So, First of all, before we even, you know, ask if we should do something, we should probably ask if it's even actually working for them. Is it actually generating sales? But that's a whole other story. But a lot of times what we do is we take the same approach that Mike McCarthy is doing in Dallas, where he looked at some things that other offensive coaches were doing and said, okay, that looks cool. I'll steal that play. And ooh, that person's doing this over here. I'm going to do that. I'll steal that play. We'll add it to my playbook. And what you end up with is a, a playbook of stuff that doesn't fit together. It's, it's not part of a cohesive system. It is a grab bag of tactics. 
And this is exactly how most people run their marketing. What they end up with is a grab bag of crap and because everything, nothing works cohesively together. Nothing is part of a cohesive system. Nothing reinforces each other. And you end up with just a grab bag of stuff that has worked for other people, isolated out and it kind of bolted on to whatever you're doing right now. I'll give you another example of monkey see, monkey do marketing, which is putting episode numbers in your podcast. Oh, this is podcast number 157. It's like, great. People know that you have a podcast. They know that your podcast has run for a year or two. Do they care uh, that you have episode number 157 in your title? Absolutely not. The average person does not care at all. Does it add anything to the value of your marketing to put the episode number in your podcast? I don't think it does. Uh, when I look at Joe Rogan, uh, look, Joe Rogan's been podcasting for years and years and years. I don't give a crap whether it's podcast episode 1053. I do care about if it's David Goggins. I care about who the guest is and I care about what the topic is. The fact that it's podcast number 1053, when I already know it's a long running multi-year podcast, that adds no value to me as a listener. But I get people coming to me asking about things like that because they see other people doing it. And it's something that was from the early days of podcasting, just people, people did. And in some certain cases, it makes sense if you send people, for example, to show notes and you, you know, you've got, you know, mywebsite.com slash 1053. You go, Hey, go, you know, like I'm going to put a, a special link here on this and, and here's the easiest way to get to it. Just go to my website and type in the episode number. And that's going to be the, the blog post link. So there's very limited situations where it makes a little bit of sense, but, but not in your graphics, you know, not, not in your subject line of your, uh, of your emails that promote the podcast. Like there's just, there's all kinds of things like that, where people are doing something and they don't even really know why they're doing it. They just saw somebody else doing it. And then other people look at that and go, Oh, well, that must be working. They're doing it. And you're like, no, <laughs> it's because they saw somebody else doing it too. And it said uh, the, the whole monkey see monkey do perpetuates itself. So that's just a, a quick example from the tactical world of podcasting, where I see people doing things that add no value to the audience whatsoever, but they all copy each other doing it. And so question, question what you're doing, question what other people are doing. Like just because somebody's doing something doesn't mean it's actually doing anything for them. And it doesn't mean they're doing it for any specific reason, other than the fact that they saw somebody else doing it and they thought it looked cool. Question whether something is actually working before you incorporate it. Uh, another example, uh, you know, we get uh, emails from, you know, big brands and stuff like that, whether it's uh, the clothing you buy, the shoes that you buy, you know, uh, or Apple and, you know, just big companies, big companies send branded emails like great. Does that mean it's a good thing that we should copy them and make all, all of our emails super branded? Absolutely not. Uh, the best emails that I get uh, are from people like Jason Leister and Dean Jackson, where it's virtually no graphics. It's just them writing to their audience. Those, those are some of my favorite emails to read. And uh, over the course of the podcast production agency that we've run, we've steered our clients more in that direction. Less branded, less graphics, more personalization, more of, of a style of writing directly from the host to the audience, explaining why they're excited about that episode and why the audience should listen. There's really no value to a super branded email other than maybe an ego play, because it, it puts distance between you and the audience. And one of the best advantages you have as an expert, especially if you're an introvert, is the perception of authenticity. The fact that you can create that sense with your audience that you are close to them, that you are a member of the same group, that you're in the same battle with them. Why would you want to 
extend them out and push them an arm's length away by sending them a super branded email that looks like it came from a big company when you're not a big company. Your advantage is that you're not a big company. Your advantage is that you're nimble, you're close to them, you're able to adapt, you know exactly what they're going through. So as an expert selling expertise, you want the audience to feel like they're extremely close to you. You want them to feel like you're right alongside them in the battle fighting with them. You don't want them to feel like you're coming down from on high with the tablets of stone telling them what to do. And a branded email creates that arm's length distance between you and the audience. So there's a lot of things that we see other people do in the podcast realm, in the marketing realm, that I look at that and I go, that makes no difference or it actually potentially hurts them and they're succeeding in spite of it. Why would we copy that? Why would we copy that tactic when they're actually succeeding in spite of it and not because of it? So before you do anything in your marketing, ask yourself, is it actually working for them? Is it generating sales? Is it contributing sales? Is it, is it adding value to the audience? Or does it just look cool? Does it just feed the ego? Is it just something that looks a little bit different? Is it a tactical thing that doesn't actually contribute to the bottom line? Because those things in, at the end of the day mostly don't make a difference, right? We know from the 80-20 principle that 80% of our results come from 20% of the inputs. Things like putting episode numbers on your podcast are in that other 80% of things that mostly don't matter and might actually hurt. But if you get the other things right, it won't hurt you too bad that it makes a difference. The 20% to get right in your podcasting and in your marketing, whatever your approach is, uh, the 20% to get right is, do you have a clear and compelling idea? Do you know exactly who your right people are? Have you shrunk the battlefield so that we're not trying to compete with every other guru out there in your space for the attention of everyone who could potentially buy something from you ever, ever, ever? So those are the, there's a few things that if you get right, you can do a bunch of other stuff not very well and still do really, really well in your marketing. But if you get that 20% wrong because you're distracted by the other stuff and you're doing monkey see, monkey do marketing all the time, you end up losing that space to really think creatively and deeply about your messaging and who the right people are. And that's the stuff that actually makes a difference. That's the 20% that delivers 80% of the results. So again, coming back to uh, the football analogy, you know, there's, um, I'm a big, big football fan, big basketball fan. And I was reading a, a, a really good book recently where the author compared Bill Walsh's West Coast offense to Phil Jackson's uh, triangle offense. That was the, that was the triangle that, uh, that Michael Jordan ran that Kobe Bryant ran that won 11 championships. The West Coast offense was Bill Walsh's creation that won the 49ers five Super Bowls uh, in the 80s and early 90s. And there was some interesting things that they had in common. Both of them were cohesive systems where every part was an integral piece of the whole, where every single play grew out of one cohesive philosophy. And the players were able to grasp that philosophy Sometimes it took them some time. I mean, obviously, you know, players like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant complained <laughs> about, about having something that was so philosophical and, and required them to think on the court. But players knew where it was coming from. It was designed to reactively respond to whatever the defense would throw at them and have an answer every single time. It was not, neither one of those, those offensive systems were grab bags of stuff they picked up from other people thrown together and bolted on to their to something they were already doing they were both built from the ground up to be integrated cohesive systems uh, and that's what the micro famous system is too it's an integrative cohesive system where everything reinforces everything else and everything is a part of the whole it's not a grab bag of stuff that's been bolted on to one thing 
And so uh, in the ideal in your marketing is to have that same thing where it's a system that is part of a cohesive whole. Everything has a purpose. Everything reinforces everything else. You're not doing something that's just bolted on because you picked it up from somebody else and thought it looked cool because ultimately those things don't last. And Mike McCarthy's experience in Dallas this year is the perfect example of that. They've won three games. They've lost eight. Why? Because he has no consistent offensive philosophy. He spent the last year picking up a little grab bag of tactics that he picked up from other people and bolted on to the old style of offense that he was already running and then came in and expected that to make a difference. And guess what? It didn't work. And it has never worked. That approach has never worked. And so if you're going to do anything in your marketing, don't do monkey see, monkey do. Don't do things in your marketing just because you saw somebody else do it and it looked cool. And especially don't do it if it mainly appeals to the ego. You know, I have to watch that with myself looking at things like Instagram and, and YouTube where uh, I love the design of things. I, I love, like I could redesign my website every, every six months if I wanted to. I don't because I resist the urge, but I love design. I love changing up the design of things. And if I let myself, I would dabble in stuff like that that actually don't make a lot of difference, but just make me feel like I'm doing something, right? So if you notice that about yourself and you notice yourself gravitating towards things that, that appeal to the ego uh, because they're well-designed or because the end result is you have this marketing channel that just looks cool to the eye, like an Instagram account or a YouTube channel or whatever, and you can visualize that in your mind, like, oh my God, that would look so cool. Stop yourself. Because you might be doing monkey see, monkey do marketing, where you see something cool that somebody else is doing and go, oh, I want to do that. And you go running off that direction in six months and you realize six months in it's not working and you go and do something else instead. Is your marketing a cohesive, integrated system where everything has a purpose and everything fits into the whole? That's the goal. That's what I've got in the microfamous system. If you look at the best offensive systems in, in football and basketball, that's what they are. They are integrative, integrated systems where everything has a purpose. Everything has a piece to play, a role to play in the overall goal of, of the system. There's a purpose for every part. Nothing is bolted on. Nothing is just a grab bag of stuff, you know, picked up from other people. So don't do monkey see, monkey do marketing, especially as we come into the new year and you're thinking about what else to do to grow your business, reject that urge. Reject the urge to do monkey see, monkey do marketing. If you see somebody doing something cool, great. Ask yourself, is it working for them? Would it work for me? And does it fit into and reinforce the other things that I'm doing in my marketing? And ask yourself, does it fit your personality? You know, there's a lot of things that people do because they're super extroverted. I see this all the time on Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that, where it works for them because they are extroverted, because they get their energy from being around people and being social. If you're an introvert, that will not work well for you because you cannot be social all the time and maintain and protect your energy. It just doesn't work. If you're an introvert and you're running an expert-based business, your marketing systems must be based around things that protect and manage your energy as opposed to constantly drain it. So ask yourself, does this work for my personality? Because it may work for somebody and it may work well for them and it may work well for extroverts. But if you're an introvert, that doesn't mean it's going to work as well for you. And even if you make it work for a while, you're probably going to burn out on it. So does it work for your personality? Those are the types of questions that I ask myself when I'm looking at other things to potentially add into the microfamous system is I'm looking at, does it fit into, into this cohesive integrated system that I've built. Because if not, I reject it. Even if it works for somebody and works like gangbusters for somebody else, I don't care. Does it fit into the system that I've built for myself as an introvert? 
So ask yourself those types of questions, restrain yourself, you know, fight the urge to do monkey see, monkey do marketing, because that's what keeps a lot of people trapped uh, in that constant cycle, that, that hamster wheel of just trying things and failing and moving on and trying something else. And I don't want to see that happen to you in 2021. So let's make sure that everything fits into the hole. Ask yourself those types of questions and stay focused and happy uh, early 2021.